Hey. Hey, you. Yeah, you, the one who tuned into the Pin Pals podcast. Are you looking to get custom pins made super easy? Are you new to the pin game and don't know where to start? Perhaps you don't even know the difference between soft enamel and hard enamel. Or maybe you're a polished pin maker, you've been in the game for a while, but your current manufacturer just isn't cutting it. Well, I got some good news for you. My friends over at Your Stuff Made can help make you custom pins. They are wizards at this kind of stuff. They work under strict ethical guidelines so you know your pins are being produced clean and safe for the environment. Their team actually cares about what they make. And best of all, they're not a middleman. They have direct access and control over tools, machinery, and resources needed to make enamel pins. So this means super low costs and fast shipping times. They are the real deal. And speaking of deals, you know where I'm going with this. I got one for you. If you order custom pins from Your Stuff Made, you can save 10% off your entire order. And with this inflation going crazy these days, 10% can be huge. Especially if you're new to the pin game, every dollar counts. So all you have to do is visit yourstuffmade.com, fill out a quote, and under the referral section, select the Pin Pals podcast. That'll tell them that I sent you, and that's how you get 10% off all your custom pin orders. Once again, the place to be is yourstuffmade.com. Let them know the Pin Pals podcast sent you. So, what are you waiting for? Start creating today. Welcome to Pin Pals, Ben. How is it going? It's going great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You've um, you've kind of been on my radar for a while, not only as you know, wanting to bring you on as a guest for the podcast, but the fact that you also make some really cool turtle pins. So it's finally you know awesome that we get to connect and talk about pins and and turtles and everything. Definitely. No, I'm excited about it. Heck yeah. So why don't we just jump right into it? Why don't you tell the listeners and YouTube viewers kind of a little bit about yourself and your pin shop? Well, I'm Ben Rowe. Um, my shop is called Matchwits Design. Um, a pin and sticker brand started in 2017. Kind of specialize in pop culture and specifically TMNT pins. Um, but also, you know, Instagram account is also a big uh, outlet for my toy collection and other collections that I that I tend to pick up along the way too. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, your your Instagram feed is just full of nostalgic goodies with uh, some rad pins. I mean, if you're a big Ninja Turtle fan, um, right off the get go, like pull up Instagram right now and go ahead and follow Ben Match Wits design match m-a-t-c-h-w-i-t-s design right yeah just so uh you can kind of get in the loop if you're if you're not already following ben um so you started back in 2017 was that your first uh like pin release yeah i think so and you know i kind of started the instagram account as an offshoot for my personal accounts um you know something different than pictures of my kids and family I didn't, it got kind of weird once uh, I started doing Inktober and doing those posts throughout October, uh, drawing a day. And it got a little strange mixing some of those up with like my posts that were with my kids and things like that. And, you know, just as with social media, anytime you have like general acquaintances that follow you and then you throw in some weird stuff that you're like personally into, it confuses people. So I separated those accounts out and started posting about toys and pins and things. And then it kind of snowballed from then and uh, to the point where I started doing my own pins as well. That's really cool. Do you remember kind of specifically what like led to you wanting to make pins? Yeah, um, I kind of got into it. And I remember as a kid, like, the first pins I ever had, we, my family used to go on ski trips every spring break. And so every year we would get an enamel pin from the ski resort. Um, and I put it on my bulletin board and then that was something that kind of went away after that. And then when I started getting more into pins again and just discovering how much was out there, um, 
that nostalgia kind of came back from that. And once I started ordering some that I was really into more than anything, it was like the extras, the personal notes, the trading cards, the stickers, the candy, uh, the packaging and stuff that came with pins that I was like, this is so much cooler than I thought it was, you know, it becomes more of an experience than just, you know, getting a little pin. Yeah, for sure. What were some like notable pin experiences that you were just kind of like, oh, snap, this is really awesome. I think I think getting some that had just like some random trading cards from the 80s or 90s in it were something that I loved as a kid and then kind of forgot about. So getting those again got me back into that again. And the table that this computer sitting on right now is covered in just trading cards from the 80s and 90s uh, right now. So I think that even some of the candies, even though I'm not a huge candy guy, just any of that retro pop culture stuff, like you never know what's going to trigger something for you. Yeah, it's always those like obscure, nostalgic little things that get thrown into like the orders that uh, really like it goes a long way, like you said, and just kind of making the experience a lot more fun. Right. And I thought that, you know, that enticed me more to do it myself. Like it just added to the fun part of it as opposed to just getting pins produced, like being able to add my own personal touch to that um, was interesting to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's like really important too, because a lot of people would just throw pins into an order, into a mailer or something like that and, and send it off. And you're doing your part, you know, the customer ordered, <laughs> you know, what they wanted and you're giving it to them. But to kind of, I don't want to say go above and beyond, but to just have fun with the uh, the whole unboxing experience and just kind of, you know, give them like a, just a, a short escapement from reality and opening right. up that package. Like, so that's pretty cool. So uh, tell me, what kind of candies and nostalgic goodies <laughs> are you putting in your orders? <laughs> well, so I did do candy for a while. And so my first, my first pins I made were kind of uh, Watchmen related um it was actually a watchman paw patrol mashup which is kind of a weird one but uh i had got some like oh god what are they called like warheads is what they were i went with some like nuclear themed ones since that's kind of a theme in watchmen and put those in some of the orders i kind of stopped doing that because i had a box of them that started to leak out all over oh. stuff and i'm like yeah maybe i'll stick with trading cards and uh stickers from now on i like that that's cool uh so okay you mentioned your first pins or I'm, I'm looking at them right now your paul patrol watchman mashup pins kind of walk me through the process of making these pins from the idea that you had to kind of marry these two these two characters and the IPs and stuff like that to actually getting them in hand. Yeah, well, a lot of my favorite pins were like really clever mashups between pop culture characters and so I was wearing a, I had a Rorschach pin on my lapel. Um, I think I got, it was a no fit state um, pin. And my daughter, who was probably two or three at the time, saw it and pointed at it and said, Marshall. And Marshall is a Dalmatian from Paw Patrol. So she had no frame of reference for Watchmen, but to her, that's what it looked like. And I was like, I could see that. I see where you're coming from. And so Rorschach has kind of the, the, spots the Rorschach test ink block um look on his mask and seemed like it would be a, a fairly good mashup. So it kind of started out as just I think with any of my pin ideas, something I couldn't get out of my head until I, I did it. So I just did a digital drawing of it and posted it on Instagram. And then I did, you know, other characters in the series mashed up too. And you know, I wouldn't say there was a like a ton of attention to it, but enough that I'm like oh, well, maybe this isn't such a dumb idea and maybe I should, you know, make this my first pin. So, and I was pretty excited about it. I thought for sure, you know, I was following some pin makers at the time that would drop pins and they would sell out within like the hour. Mm -hmm. And you had to like get right there on the drop to be able to get one. And I thought for sure that was going to be the same way with mine. Like I was announcing like the hour was going to drop and then it dropped and I maybe sold two the first day and I still have some sitting on my shelves now. So it didn't quite work out how I planned, but it was a lot of fun. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, pin makers can relate to kind of something like that because right. we get so married to these ideas. You know, they're like our, our our children, and we're putting them out in the world, and we're excited to release them, and you know, have other people become excited about them and stuff like that. So, um, how did you? How did you? It seems like you just had like a good attitude, like a good good spirit about it, like not. Um, I guess selling out like the way that you would have hoped for it. How did you like manage those expectations from like those pins and like future pins? Well, it was kind of, you know, this is kind of a side project for me. Um, you know, I have a full-time job. I work as a, a creative director at an agency. So to me, this was more of a creative outlet and it wasn't really about making money. So, um, you know, I have some people who, like are really into that Watchmen Paw Patrol set and have bought all of them and, and asked me when I'm going to make more. And I'm like, I love you for doing that, but I'm not going to make another one until I can make sure I can sell a few of them. The one you buy is not going to be enough <laughs> to do that. But I think to me, it's more, it's, it's more for me really like just, you know, setting a deadline for myself, actually making something and getting it out there. And if people love it, great. If not, I love it. So that's cool enough for me. Hell yeah. That's, it's a labor of love. I right. Love you're, you're doing it to have fun. And I think that's what's super important too. Uh, speaking from someone who's been in the, the, the pin game for like six years or whatever, like it can be, uh, it can it can be a lot, you know, when you set your expectations high and you and you start doing it for other reasons than when you like originally started. Like we start because right. we wanted to make stuff for ourselves, you know. Um, we both sounds like we both make pins or would want to make pins that we would wear ourselves. Right. So then when we kind of like lose sight of that and we hope that. I don't know. They sell out, and these expectations just kind of get a little unrealistic. It's um, it's 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 you go back and forth with having like good days and bad days and stuff like that. But I think it's always important to remember that we do this because we love it. And if it becomes anything other than that, then we kind of have to like reevaluate how we exactly. And I think anytime you're putting money into something you know, that can cloud <laughs> your view of that a little bit too. But yeah, you know, part of it for me was just experimenting with, you know, social media and what works and what doesn't and just using this as a way to, to learn a little bit too. Yeah. Did you, um, so how did you go about trying to find an audience uh, for these pins? Were you looking for like Paw Patrol hashtags or Watchmen hashtags? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's weird because the the two audiences for Watchmen and Paw Patrol are are pretty far apart, right? (laughs) So most of the people that are into it are probably a parent or a huge fan of one or the other enough that, you know, they like that mashup. But yeah, I would say tapping into hashtags for each side and just kind of trying to build up my Instagram feed with the things that I like and try to attract people that have liked interests so that, you know, hopefully what I'm producing will appeal to them too. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, So talk to me about, did you have like a, um, a vision, like a pin vision for how these designs are going to look like? Did you know, like right off the bat, just looking from the pictures, it looks like they're soft enamel. Um, Yeah. Did you kind of, how did you go about determining the size, the metal, the type of enamel and all those things? Um, I had just bought so many pins <laughs> that I kind of, could kind of gauge from the ones that I like, you know, about the size and, um, you know, then thinking I knew ultimately I wanted it to be a series. So, you know, adding in kind of this um, yellow circle behind each of the characters um helped tie them together as as a series mm-hmm. so i mean other than that it was just printing stuff out gauging how it's going to be in life size and getting all the colors right and things like that but now that was that was pretty much it 
Yeah, I think the presentation is really cool too. Like uh, I'm, I'm looking at your your Etsy shop right now, and just the the backing cards. Half of it is a Watchmen character, the other half is a Paw Patrol character. Um, but it kind of looks like it's been like sharpied on. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah, and part of it was you know from looking at the mashup, you may not know right away. Yeah, uh, what the two characters are. So I wanted the backing cards to kind of explain the story a little bit more too. That's cool. It's definitely one of those pins where if you see it out in the wild and you know what it is, it's like if you know, you know. And then there's like an instant like connection with like this completely random person. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's Unfortunately, I've never seen it out in the wild before, but someday that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. You've you've made a bunch. Um, if not, then you're going to have to start like a, a, a Paw Patrol con or. <laughs> yeah, that would be the next level of this. Huh? Uh, that would be pretty insane. But I actually uh, used to work for uh, for Nick Jr. Like YouTube. Oh, stuff. really? Um, so I I became familiar with Paw Patrol. It was like their most well performing content that their uh, their YouTube page spit out. Yeah, um, I bet. And then I actually met someone because I, I would commute into New York City from Jersey from where I am. And I met someone on the bus who was Ryder. Uh, oh, really? In the like voice? A, yeah, yeah. No, not the voice. He was, he played oh. Ryder in like the uh, the live action Broadway style Paw Patrol show. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I didn't what? even know it went that deep. <laughs> it definitely goes deep. Uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> likes to squeeze like everything they can out of their IPs nowadays. But, um, okay. So I think that's enough Paw Patrol talk. I really (laughs) want to get into turtles, man. You got some awesome turtle pins. And, um, what, what was the, uh, what was the first one? Was it the glow in the dark turtle or was it the, the body count? It was the body count. The body Good. count. Talk yeah. to me about these. You guys, you got to look it up. Go to his Etsy page or go to his Instagram page and, and check these out because the yeah, colors are awesome. And uh, I, I'd love if you could just kind of describe the inspiration behind uh, the pin and, and like the details of it. I think it started like I had got I, wa- I wasn't familiar with the body count series like as a kid, um, but I got like a TMNT autobiography book that um that kevin eastman had kind of like done some backstory behind some of the things and that was the first time i was introduced to this book and i saw that that cover that back cover that had um simon bisley's version of uh casey jones and and Raphael together and like it was just so cool and gritty and casey jones and Raphael are my favorite characters so um it made sense for me to to dig into that and i'm like how am i going to translate this art style to pins because it's so you know painterly and detailed mm-hmm. um so i worked on it a long time um to kind of get that right and to make it fit within the size that i wanted it to be um that was definitely the thought behind it, it was just a really unique book that was a lot different than any other turtle stuff. It was really dark and like nineties ultra violence and almost violence for violence sake through the whole thing. But, um, for me looking at that and thinking of like Kevin Eastman and Simon Bisley working to this together, it just seemed like two friends having a great time and not caring about anything else when they were developing the whole thing. So that appealed to me. That's really cool. Yeah. I love the way that they came out. Um, more specifically, I love the dyed enamel portion of it. Like, I, I, it just looks really cool. I feel like it helps. I don't know if like it completes the comic book feel or if it helps translate that comic book feel. Um, but I, I love the colors that you picked, and I love the the uh, the variants that you right. did too. Can you kind of talk about how you went about? What was the thought process behind creating variants? Well, I mean, the original like comic book colors version of it is is pretty crazy. He's got like the 3D eyes, like one's red, one's blue. He's got the pink gloves and it's it's not really like traditionally what you think of um for Casey Jones. And to me, you know, the action figures from the 80s are always my like go-to reference. So, you know, doing a version that's that art style but bringing in the colors from 
that action figure line was, you know, just a no brainer for me. And something I love with, with pins too, is just always thinking like, what's the variant going to be of it. Um, so it's the first one that I've done a variant to it, but, uh, I was excited about that. Yeah. That's really cool. But also like strategically thinking from like a business perspective, like you're getting more out of the molds that you already have. Right. So you're able to kind of uh, make more pins and create variants and stuff like that. And a lot of people uh, do enjoy, you know, chasing the variants or I, I don't know if I got that right. Looking for the chase or the chaser. <laughs> yeah. oh, I like it. I like it. So, something like that. But uh, how has the um, how is the reception for these pins gone as far as like the variants? Have you found like, you know, people gravitate towards like the classic Casey uh, pin set or? Yeah. Um, so the variant definitely had a, a lower run to it than the, the classic comic colors, but by far the classic comic colors are the best seller out of the two, which I was yeah. kind of surprised about just because I think to me, the variant colors were cool to see, but um, you know, the, I mean, those have sold pretty well too, but, for sure, the majority of the orders are the classic colors. Very cool. Yeah, those are cool. You're glowing the dark. I'm sorry for anyone listening. I'm, I'm geeking out hard over these pins. I've been a fan for a while. I think I actually have this glow in the dark, um, the 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 pre mutant turtle. Yeah, I think I have it somewhere on my board. Uh, don't ask me why that board is not behind me for this pin podcast. <laughs> I would have to like reorganize that entire wall, but um. But this one's really cool. Uh, it, it glows in the dark, so I, I'm guessing you had enough glow in the dark pins that you wanted to take a stab at it, or? Yeah, I mean, to me, this one, I think it was based off of I had I bought like a old color form set, Ninja Turtles. You know what those are? Yeah, They're like the little plastic stickers that you could peel onto a setting and peel off. I had bought it just because it had some really cool character art that I hadn't seen. And one of them was the little turtle. And I have, you know, the the glow in the dark turtles that came in the ooze canisters. And so I took that base art and kind of cleaned it up and changed it a little bit. And then I figured there's no point in doing the pin unless you're going to make it glow in the dark like those toys did. So um, I had done on the Paw Patrol uh, Watchmen series, I had done the the Dr. Manhattan one in Glow in the Dark 2. So it was something I'd experimented with before, but uh, decided to to go all out on this one. Yeah, this one's cool, too, with the Glow in the Dark and, and uh, using the dyed enamel again, like very uh, tastefully. And the backing card, uh, I, I'm looking at the pictures on Etsy, the back of the backing card just yeah. looks like it's, uh, you know, 30 years old, 35 years old. But it, you, it's got the uh, the match wits design point, pizza power yeah. point, pizza point, but your own twist on it. Interesting nice. story. No one has turned any of those in yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say maybe it's because they're too pretty to cut out, but. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely thought about doing stuff like that, but. I don't know. I think we're of age where, at least when I was a kid, I was um, cutting out box tops and saving those yeah. and like bringing them to school or mailing them in and stuff like that. Like, I'm pretty sure that I saved up a bunch of like pizza points and like cut them up and stuff like that. I don't know if I ever did anything with them. That stuff is no longer. Mine was Kool Aid points. Those <laughs> I definitely remember saving and, and turning those in for stuff. Good shit. Um, and then your, your latest, uh, turtle pins, why don't you talk to me about that? Cause bonafide badass pins right here. Yeah. I mean, after that I did the, um, sewer surfer pin. Oh yeah. This was oh, that's good. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that pin. And then like the controversy behind that pin. Yeah. I was talking about yeah. the Casey Jones pins. Oh, but the yes. Casey Jones ones, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's talk about this pin um, because it's going to lead to a larger a larger discussion. <laughs> um, so this is not listed on your Etsy page. You have to go to your Instagram page in order to check this out yeah. because right. Etsy – I'll let you tell them. Well, I got the, the email, you know, from Viacom uh, – from Etsy saying Viacom CBS had, you know – filed a claim against it for intellectual property and that Etsy was 
taking it down. When that happens, Etsy doesn't even really investigate it. They just take it down. And if you want to file a counterclaim, you can. But I mean, I knew it could happen at any time because, you know, really what I'm doing is bootlegging different properties. Right. But I just didn't think I mean, to to me and I know you kind of feel the same way. It's more of an homage to these characters and kind of help building the fan base but uh it's fan art just yeah, on on, right. on metal you know fan art exists in all different mediums and we're just kind of doing that but on metal um but on the flip side yes you can look at it like bootlegging and stuff like that yeah but i mean you're selling them and you're making money off of them so i get it like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was just uh, interesting to me like that was the one that got singled out out of any of my pins and quickly I went in, well, I reached out to a few different uh, pin makers who make TMNT pins and, you know, found out I should pull hashtags that maybe would get dinged on, or on, on Etsy. And so, I mean, that's the only one I've had really get hit, that's but interesting. I had just released it not too long ago. So I hadn't, I still have a bunch of them, but I'm like, man, I don't really want to set up a new shop somewhere just for that, but I don't know. I'm still figuring out what to do there. Yeah. So that has been a topic of discussion in the Pin Pals Discord server because we've had a couple other like past guests um, get the same email um, from Etsy. And I don't want to jinx it, but how I haven't gotten one, I, I have. I was going to no ask idea. if you ever had. I've never know. Uh, so they they were coming in waves and stuff like that. Like towards yeah. the beginning of the year, a couple friends got hit. Then it was pretty quiet, and then another wave would come, and people would be like, "Yo, my friend got his stuff taken down." Blah 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 blah. So when all that stuff started ramping up, I kind of deactivated a bunch of listings on my Etsy page and became a little bit more selective of what I have up, and then the public uh, tags and stuff like that because. Yeah. I kind of went crazy with the SEO for Etsy, you know, filling out the title and filling out the description. And then instead of like using your your keywords or the hashtags, like where you would put them in like the back end of the listing, I put them at the end of the description. So they would also hmm. like show up there. So it was filled with like TMNT, TMNT pins, Ninja Turtle, Ninja Turtle pins, um, laptop stickers, um, just all sorts of stuff, but that had yeah, like turtles part. and stuff like that, like in the description. Um, so I, I've, I've since revised all that stuff, but I mean, it's like, it, it's weird how this is working because there's still a ton of this stuff up on Etsy now. And a lot of these titles are straight up say like Ninja Turtles or, <laughs> yeah. or TMNT. So like, I don't understand the logic behind this or what the process is behind the screen, uh, behind the scenes, I think, and this is just me talking out loud. I have no factual evidence of this happening or, or I, I think it's just all like automated stuff coming from, from Viacom and it's just all some sort of automated process. Cause how select few things, how only one turtle pin from your shop gets taken down, but you have a couple others up and how all this other stuff is still available. Like, yeah, I don't know, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, it definitely came in a way because I saw a few other people that I follow on Instagram say that that happened. And I remember thinking like, oh, that sucks. I hope that doesn't happen to me. And then I got the email like the next day. Um, but I had posted something about it and you know, had sold a few pins from that, even that people were reaching out and just being like, sorry, that sucks. That happened to you. I'll, I'll take a pin or this happened to my brother. Um, I'll take one from you. And I think a lot of people said like, must be just some intern that they had that was bored and they stuck them on that. <laughs> I don't know. It's very possible. They, uh, so I, I've, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast. So I talked about it freaking earlier in our conversation, but like when I worked at, um, at Viacom, they uh, they definitely had resources. Oh yeah, to dedicate to interns to do similar tasks. I think that's as much as I'd want to say. <laughs> Are you saying that at one point it was your job to go to <laughs> people on Etsy? <laughs> 
uh, as it relates to like YouTube and stuff like that, because you know how a lot of these entertainment companies are when people are throwing up like full episodes and yeah, and 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 whatnot. So it wouldn't surprise me. And also, I I like to think that a company that's ramping up for you know release of a new turtles movie and like the new wave of turtles yeah i'm thinking that it's you know the suits just kind of ramping up and clearing room and space i don't know why this is a like a franchise that is definitely not hurting in the slightest bit when it comes to like pins and stuff like that you can buy on etsy like the michael bay movies i don't know if this is correct i just saw it on google made like over 700 million dollars those hot pieces of garbage yeah so if they release something that's awesome and it resonates with all the fans like they're they're we're not we're not i'm not trying to justify what we're doing but we're not taking a we're not taking a lot of cake away from them you know yeah no definitely but i um, I mean when you interviewed kevin eastman you kind of asked him about that too right and i know that the property no longer belongs to him so it doesn't matter, but he kind of said, you know, he considers it a compliment, right? He was very cool with it. Yeah, like um, a lot more cool with it than I thought he would be. But I think a lot of it is because, you know, he no longer has any of the, the rights to it. Um, right. Actually, when I met him at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, he was doing a, a signing with the entire Last Ronin team. Uh, I gave him a little brown lunch paper bag with like a bunch of my pins in it and he's like oh these are cool we're gonna put them up on the board um and i'm actually supposed to be talking with him very soon um so i, I was going to to follow up put him on the spot and see what's really on. but another he, podcast or something yeah, else another yeah. it'll be another episode of the podcast just um I don't like I only I feel like I can only come up with so many like pin related questions to make it somewhat entertaining for <laughs> right. for the podcast audience. Um so we're going to kind of dive a little bit into like marketing and like inspiration for artists and and stuff like that. Something hopefully we all can like take away from. But um yeah, so let's go back to the pin that got taken down. This is the uh the the Michelangelo sewer surfer and I got to say, this pin, when I saw it, I went through so many emotions. At first, I was like, holy shit, this is cool. And then I was like, holy shit, man, I need to fucking step up my game. I'm sorry for the for the cursing. <laughs> but it, it was like, because I, I get passionate with this stuff. And, you know, when I see someone release something that's really cool, my immediate thought is like, damn, I wish I did that. Um, and that's not like a good, like, frame of mind to have so i've been learning to like take that energy and and, like channel it into inspiration and be like that's really awesome now i gotta like not outdo you but i just gotta have to like work hard and and come up with a really cool idea so i'm done talking why don't you describe this awesome no i mean i totally understand what you're talking about i think it's what's awesome about kind of the pin community too is like being inspired by someone else taking something and doing something a little different. So yeah, this one, I mean, I always loved the bio cards on the back of the action figures and I had started buying like just the bio cards, like eBay and stuff. And I had this big stack of them and I didn't know what I was going to do with them. I figured I'd have some kind of cool application for it sometime, but I started looking at them more and thinking of some of my favorite figures. And, um, you know, this one, the sewer surfer, Mike one came up, and I, I originally was going to do, you know, just that bio picture from the back. And when I started to kind of trace out the art, it's like, man, there's as much as I love this, there's some things about this that I don't that, that doesn't work for me. And if I'm going to do my own version of it, I might as well do my own version of it. So I went in and changed some stuff and then had the idea to kind of have the the board in there and have it break out of the frame of the the bio and then to have the the frame the background be blank because i was thinking about oh, i'm going to take this on vacation with me and if i go to the beach i can take pictures of it in different settings and it'll show through that that thing and maybe other people will do the same thing and i had a whole series kind of in mind of of some different figures too but i actually have a space cadet raft design pretty much done I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. 
Ooh, damn. Is so it's gonna be similar to this one, but with the space cadet raf? Yeah, yeah. So more just uh yeah, different character and then kind of showcasing it a little different way. Yeah, and I it, thought about popping it back up on Etsy as a two pin set <laughs> and see what happens, but I think you get like three strikes and you're out. So I say I, so. I say just go for it. Uh maybe watch kind of like how you title it and stuff like that. Right. And uh and you know, if it gets taken down, then you're you're back to where you are now. Exactly. You know, that's how I look at it. But yeah, I just want to give you props for coming up with like a cool creative like pin. I'd say I have a pretty, pretty good like, what's the phrase? Ear to the ground uh, when it comes to like turtle pins and just seeing like a lot of cool stuff. I've been fortunate enough to build the following where when stuff does get released, people will tag me or or share it with me just to kind of see what's going on. So this was definitely like on the cooler side of things. And from like an aesthetic point of view, like just, you know, uh, the surfboard coming out of the frame kind of gives it more depth and stuff like that. Um, So this is a really cool pin, but I'm dying to know, did your manufacturer, did they like try and talk you out of doing like this open frame? Because it seems like it would be like delicate. It, It could be like a delicate pin. Yeah. Um, no, they were really cool with that part of it. I mean, I had some, I had some manufacturing problems with this, but it wasn't really that. I mean, I asked them what's the minimum space I could have cut out. And I had done some cutouts on the body count pin set that were pretty small, like between the arms and stuff. So I had a frame of reference from that. Um, but you know, tweaking the design to give enough space for them to cut out, but yeah, they really didn't push back on that very much. And they came I, out fine? Did yeah. Any issues? I mean, I had I I went back and forth a lot with proofs with them like okay. just color and you know, my manufacturer is great, but you got to ask for everything. Like, I remember the first time I worked with them, they gave me the price they wanted to pay me me to pay it all up front. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with that. I'll pay you like half up front and then half when it's done. And they were like, oh, okay, fine. (laughs) But, you know, if you don't ask, then they don't just offer that up. Or I feel like sometimes if you don't bug them about seeing a, a proof, like before it goes into production, they'll just send it into production. And after you approve the like digital proof, but I want to see like a production proof before you know, they mass produce it. And I got a production proof that had a bunch of like fuzz and different like material in some of the spots. And I'm just like, I know this is a proof, but like when I look at a proof, I I'm approving like what the final is going to look like. And I don't want it to look like that. And they had said, well, you know, it's just a factory. There's a lot of dust in the air and things like that. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, (laughs) <laughs> this is not what it's going to look like when I get it. So I want a proof that reflects that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good, man. You're, you're doing everything you're supposed to do kind of over communicate. Right. Um, when it comes to uh, talking to your manufacturer, because it's, it's, t- you should not assume anything. The, the language barrier and, and they're very, uh, very transactional. They just kind of want to get your business, get, get the, that the pins made sent to you and then just kind of like move on to the next project. So they're not crossing the T's or dotting the I's for you. They're just trying to like get it done as fast. Um, So that's good that you're, you're, you're taking those steps and, you know, very um, methodical approach to, to these pins and making sure that the final product is what you would. I mean, I just kind of feel like if you don't, if you don't push it, it's your fault that it turned out wrong, right? Like (laughs) if you're not holding them to the standard that you expect to be delivered, then in the end, it's your fault for not, not doing that. 100%. Um, So let me ask you real quick, what's your marketing approach to these pins? Like when you, I don't know, let's, let's say you got a new pin um, that's on the horizon. How do you go about telling people what's your, what's your approach to creating content and creating awareness? Um, I usually, I I think partly to generate interest, but also 
for me to like keep accountable for getting stuff done is like post teaser images along the way of like, you know, the design and then the process and just try to gain interest um, leading up to it. And then usually when it actually drops, um, I usually have a couple posts and watch how they perform. And if there's one that did really well, then maybe put some money on Instagram ads behind it. And, you know, for my latest drop, that that worked really well for me. Like I sold a bunch of pins just off of that that paid um, ad around that, which was good. It doesn't always work, um, but what do you I think made that ad successful? I'm sorry, What's I didn't that? mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, you're fine. I was just curious. What do you think made that ad successful? Was it the copy? Was it the pins? Was it the picture? Because I'm pretty sure I was served that ad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think part of it was uh just the the pins itself you know and getting that in front of the right people i know i tried to <laughs> i tried to serve to put money on an ad before that a different one and i think i had said badass in the copy and then it got denied like for language you can't say that <laughs> and it really i was confused about it for a while i'm like why did they deny that but uh so i went back through and and edited that but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's, you know, it's all hit or miss, but I always try to figure out, you know, what made this more successful or what posts, some posts that just blow up out of nowhere. And I have no idea why <laughs> to try to rationalize that. But I think it's just paying attention and trying different things all the time and, um, you know, putting a little here and seeing what's successful and then trying to learn from them. Nice. Uh, how much money are you putting behind these ads? If you don't mind me oh, asking. So that one, I think I put like, you know, 20 bucks for like four days or something. And that, that paid off, you know, so that hasn't always happened to me before, but usually, I mean, I usually run, you know, four to six days on a, on a post and do at least $5 a day, but sometimes more. So I haven't done it uh, in a while. And, in and, um, I used to do like drop 20 bucks here, 20 bucks a week, like on a, a top performing post or whatever. But I always would get tripped up when you tried to like figure out the audience. You know, I'd look at the, the analytics and I'd be like, okay, I got a lot of fans in California. So I'm going to serve just the California folks yeah. and their interests are Ninja Turtles and Ninja Turtle movies, Ninja Turtle video games and stuff like that. Are you like hyper Try, like trying to hyper target Ninja Turtle I tried, fans. Tried that and that did not work. So I just do automatic now, and that works ah, much better. Interesting. On one hand, that makes sense. On the other hand, we're just making this algorithm smarter and uh, yeah. <laughs> knowing know. us more. But um, just trying to play the game. But it, you heard it here. It works. Setting it up automatically yeah. works. So. Now you make it sound like I'm personally guaranteeing that that's going to work for people. <laughs> it works. It works for you. What works for you is definitely not going to work for, for a lot of people. There's so many things right. to take into consideration. Like in this case, it just sounds like you had a, a cool product at, that people thought was cool. It's not always the case. Sometimes it's the copy that will really sell the product and stuff like that. There's just way too many factors. But um, right. I was just curious because I – would do a lot of marketing for like other brands through Instagram and just trying to figure out, you know, I was always just taught to kind of be as niche as possible, but when you're, you know, doing niche things, you kind of want to try and get like a, a broad audience to also come to. So finding that balance was always, yeah. And I feel like I haven't asked that question too much on the podcast. So yeah, just curious. No, I, I thought the same thing. Cause when I originally started doing Instagram ads, I really tried to like, customize that audience and and set it to what i thought but it it really didn't perform well when i did that and then when i set it to to automatic it opened it up for me so um that might be something i need to try again but yeah definitely uh report back with your findings uh, i'll have to invite you to the uh, the pin pals discord server if you're uh, if you're into the discord thing but yeah, we talk a lot about that stuff and we're always sharing like our, our Etsy stats, 
like that was like a big thing like during Black Friday. It, would, it wasn't like to gloat or anything. It was just to be like, hey, like traffic is ramping up and like compared to last year and stuff like that. Like we we get real Donatello about things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, just to um, share that information because it, it helps all of us. You know, um, and it's cool to see what strategies certain folks are doing, like the the brand pins by Charlie. They're 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 really active and and they're always awesome about sharing their findings and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, I was just listening to that one the other day. That was pretty interesting. Some of their strategies for Etsy ads, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, they definitely know a thing or two um, about Etsy ads and they're always just like chiming in. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so I have on my, in my notes, anniversary pin program. <laughs> oh yeah. So, okay. So this was before I started making pins, but just when I was into, to pins at my agency, um, we were trying to come up with an idea to recognize work anniversaries, um, which can be kind of a weird thing. Um, but before we were doing like this, a photo collage of like the years that that person had worked there. And as I got more into pins, I'm like, there's, there's a pin for everything. Like what if we got everyone a unique pin every year that tied into one of their interests or something related to their job or their pets or their family or something like that. And so um, it's something we've been doing for, you know, five or six years now. Um, but it's really resonated with people um, and just kind of a fun thing that every year they, we give them a little frame um, and then they can put their pin every year in there. And we made, you know, custom card backs for it. But for me, it was like, well, we can support pin makers um, like a pretty broad range of them through doing this. And then it's also a little more personal for each team member to get recognized by, you know, something that, uh, that may have surprised them. So it's usually like a little email thread between the people that work closely with them or that are friends with them that can give us like the, the inside information about them. That is pretty cool. That is fun. Yeah, it's been fun. And for me, I usually source the pins for them and it's a great way for me to get to know people better. (laughs) Like if it's someone that just started and, you know, we find out some kind of random fact about them and then have to dig in and find some pin that would be cool to represent that. Um, But We've we've really enjoyed it. You're helping keep the uh, the pin game in business. Yeah, and I'm introducing <laughs> more and more people to it as well. Like we've got some new pin collectors now. That's pretty cool. That's fun. Yeah, look at you. There's a lot of people that I still think think that I make all the pins that we send, and they're like they come up with these really specific things, like you know. Uh, can't you just make a pin that's this? And I'm like, do you really think I'm making all these pins? Like, I'm not that organized. <laughs> this stuff just exists. If only they knew. Yeah, I went ahead and I made that pin. I ordered right. one mold and had one made and one shipped from China. Just should to- have just perpetuated it. Would have seemed more special. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. I got to. I try and do that for like gifts and stuff like that, but I've never, never in a work environment outside yeah. of working at Sears, where they would give you a star to like put on your lanyard every time you got like a customer to take one of those freaking surveys on the receipts. But that was, you know, when Sears was thriving and stuff like that. <laughs> Back when they can afford star pins. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ben, how do you stay motivated to continue to make pins? Um, you know, I think just following different pin members, pin makers, like, you know, what you were saying earlier, like you see something cool and then I'm like, ah, I should make another pin. Like I haven't done one in a while and I have a lot of ideas. Um, but you know, I have a problem with procrastination and usually the best ideas come to the top you know it's the ones that you can't get out of your head and so i'll be sketching them and then pretty soon like i'm i'm working on it and then i just can't stop until it's done you know and then i can just get it out of my head but i think i'm just kind of i'm motivated by doing something i think is cool i think i need that 
kind of in my life to just do something for me. But then if other people recognize that and connect with it, even, even better. Hell yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. Uh, and I subscribe CC to that answer as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think is, has been the most rewarding aspect about making pins? Um, I, I think it's just kind of meeting a, a broad range of people, um, other pin makers, but also, you know, just people who are buying pins and kind of connect with different, uh, themes that that you connect with i mean i have there's one guy shout out to oscar who has bought all my pins and every time i release one he's like okay i'm gonna have to pick this up so i can still say i have all your pins and i'm like yeah i never thought i would have the the person that would just want to buy all my pins as i started out or that i would even you know keep continuing making them but uh it's just fun to to see people connect with them Wow, that's awesome! Yo, shout out Oscar. Right? Yeah. Yo, send this to him. He'll be he'll be happy. Um, but that that's really cool. Just building that community, and I guess like tapping into um, different communities and fandoms is pretty cool. Yeah. How do you see uh, Matchwit's design kind of evolving over the next couple of years? It's a good question. You know, I haven't really got into to shows that much. I've just done like. Um, some local like toy shows where I'll bring my pins too, but I think that would be kind of fun to take some time and um, travel and go do some of the shows and meet some of the people that I've met online in person, like yourself. I but, highly recommend doing that. I talked about going to California for forever, and I finally yeah. did it, and it was just so cool to 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 be able to meet the the other person behind like the DMS and stuff like that. Right. And I'm sure that's the huge source of inspiration too. you know, just kind of reinvigorating you a little bit. Oh my God. I'm still like high off inspiration from that trip. Just being able to connect with so many creative people, meeting a bunch of like my pin pals and, and stuff like that. Like it was really just like tapping into like the heart of the community. Um, was pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely inspired and inspiring. And I got so many ideas and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I probably should be blurring the background. So none of my ideas like leak out, but I'm a, I'm a big whiteboard person. So I'm just constantly adding to it and reorganizing and whatnot. Yeah. Um, let me ask you before we start wrapping this up, favorite Ninja Turtle. Uh, it's Raphael for sure. Why? He's just the most badass out of the group. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I don't know. I my toy collecting, I try to focus on certain characters to limit myself. So Raphael, Casey Jones, Shredder are kind of my my go tos for that. But uh, yeah, my Raphael collection is is pretty crazy. What's your favorite uh, iteration of Raphael? Like what series or movie or that the action yeah. figure? The series or movie? It's uh, a good question. I, you know what? I think I liked the um, 2007 animated. Ooh. Raphael with like the Night Watcher thing. Yo, I was not expecting that answer. Yeah. I mean, as a not necessarily as a standalone movie or series, but like that version of him. There was that fight with him and Leonardo in that movie that was epic. Amazing. I just rewatched that recently, and it was <laughs> like that scene in particular. Uh, they're on the roof and it's raining yeah. and it's at night. It looks so good, but the sound design is incredible. Like hearing the rain hit their skin and seeing like the details, that movie right. is so good. Um, yeah, it's dang. underrated for sure, I think. Hell yeah. I actually, when I was in California, I stopped at um, Frankenson's, which is like a super popular toy collector store. It's okay. kind of like a flea market, a bunch of different shops inside like this big warehouse and everyone's selling like different stuff. But yeah. I found um, 2007 figures. Uh, hold on one sec. I got to show you. I think I saw them. You posted about them, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right, this is a part of the podcast where you tune in on YouTube so you can see the figures that I'm holding. Right. But okay, so I have that raft. Yeah, the this raft is just so cool. Yeah, it's like Predator raft, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's it? called Alien Hunter or something. Alien Hunter raft, but he had all, I think all of his accessories and stuff like that. Um, I think I paid twenty bucks per figure, which I don't think is too bad considering they came with all the uh, all the uh, the accessories and the helmets. But you yeah. don't really find like the two thousand seven turtles, anywhere. right? No, that's true. Those so are I, cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty rad. But now I got to freaking collect the other two. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem when you go down a rabbit hole like that. It See, is. that's my thing is if I just collect Raph, I only have to buy the Raph one and be done with it. But what if you want to get like a two-pack of like the, the NECA, like Secret of the Secret of the Ooze? Oh, yeah. they, they and I, I buy packs. it. I take the Raph out. And I put the other one aside thinking I'm going to sell it sometime, but I never do. So it just collects <laughs> dust somewhere. Oh, uh, man. Collector problems. Yeah, Am right. right. Am I right? Um, all right, Ben. Two more questions for you. All right. First one. If someone came up to you and they wanted to get into making pins, what advice would you tell them? How, how, would, you, uh, how would you inspire them? Um, I would say to be really passionate about an idea first, because I think it can be kind of a lot of work and, you know, you can kind of trail off over time if you don't really care about it or care about the idea. But if you are pretty passionate about this idea, um, then it's a lot easier to follow through on it. And there's more of a chance that other people are going to be passionate about it too. Um, but I think, you know, just digging in and, and learning, there's a lot of resources and a lot of people who are willing to help you answer questions or figure out how to actually get things made. So, you know, start following people on Instagram or reach out, ask questions. Some people will never get back to you, but some people will give you, you know, all the answers you need. So I think that's, what's kind of cool about it. That's cool. It's good advice. Um, and lastly, Ben, what are the little things in life for you? I knew you're going to ask this one. I kind of went over it already. I, I got to say, I think it is, you know, I want to say it's family, which it definitely is for me. But I think what's really important is taking some time to do something cool for yourself and challenge yourself, impress yourself. Um, because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. That's how you uh, feel accomplished. I think in yourself before you can help others or, you know, be service to them. So I think it's really important for people to just take some time and um, do something cool for yourself. Treat and yourself. other people will see that. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, I definitely going to treat myself to some pizza later. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, ben, this was awesome. This was a great conversation. Um, thank you so much for, for making the time to, uh, to sit down and chat. Um, it's crazy. You know, you're pretty much on the opposite side of the country. Um, and we're doing this mostly because you made the Ninja Turtle pins. And that's pretty much how you got on my radar. So it's wild right, that we right. actually did it. Uh, cool. It's been great. Thanks for asking me, man. I've been a fan of your pins and definitely been listening to the podcast and it's been really interesting. I appreciate it. Um, just trying to keep the, the wheels going and trying to just create cool stuff for myself because that's one of the yeah. things for me, just creating and having fun. Well, you're doing it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor if you have any shout outs. Um, let the people know where they can find you and where they can buy your pins. Uh, take it away. Yeah. And I, I will plug my new pins. Uh, we didn't really get to that, but, uh, we did, I did a three pin set. That's the mass of Casey Jones. It's got the, uh, Mirage Casey Jones got the nineties movie and then the image comics, uh, American flag mask. So that's a hard enamel set um also did some backing cards that were um stamped on some of my old crappy baseball cards but uh that was a lot of fun to work through 
my kids helped me do that. I thought uh, the the first set that you held up, it had the Cubs on it. Didn't did Jose Canseco play for the Cubs? No, I don't know. I thought maybe it was like a Jose Canseco card or something like so that. So I have a Jose Canseco card in that set, but that was one I didn't want to stamp up. Yeah. So maybe I'll do like some kind of limited edition release where I send it with the Jose Canseco card. <laughs> little hidden easter egg i'm sorry continue yeah. i didn't mean to interrupt no no that's good uh but uh check out my instagram page it's at match wits design and i have a etsy shop as well with all my pins and stickers on it um i set up a pin code or a sale code for 25 percent off pins for listeners uh the code is pin pals so if anyone wants to check that out feel free but thanks a lot eric yeah, no problem, Ben. Thank you so much for your time um, and just you know opening up about your pins and your journey. Um, I'm sure it's going to resonate with people. Um, also, congrats on becoming a star seller on Etsy. That's awesome. <laughs> right? You know, that some was people. A big deal for me. I I thought it was a big deal too when I when I reached like star seller. Like finally, like I'm being recognized. Yeah, there was always like one category that I was off on through that. And they, they like gamified Etsy, right? And it made me want that so bad. That's the that's my gripe that I have with it. It's like, oh, they like now if you're not a star seller, then people don't want to like buy from your shop. And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, you don't feel that way, though, right? I don't I hardly ever notice that. No, it being a seller, I don't look at yeah. it like that. But I know from other people being buyers and stuff like that, like that's an actual like concern for them, which is, I don't know. We could save that for an after <laughs> post podcast discussion. Yeah. Um, ben, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Uh, thanks again for joining the podcast and uh, we'll be in touch soon, man. I'd love to have you back on and follow up on some new pins and, you know, keep talking. Definitely be more than happy to. Sounds good. Cowabunga, my friend. <laughs> Take it easy. We'll see you later.